service and how many people are here to celebrate Christmas? Amen? Amen. I got 10 amens. That's about the same as what I get at church. Like always, right? Uh, do we love Jesse? Yes, we do. Yes, we do. Well, welcome. We're glad you're here today. On behalf of the Creo family, thank you for coming today. This is a solemn occasion because we are recognizing the pain of death and the value of life and the memory of someone we've loved. This is also a sacred moment because we come face to face with the reality of the divide between time and eternity. And as a sacred moment, would you pray with me? Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for today. God, as we get to celebrate our brother Jesse, our friend, our loved one. And God, I just pray that today would honor him. God, that we know he'd be right here in the middle of everything, excited to see everyone in the same room. Father, just I pray that he's blessed today as he's dancing on the streets of gold with you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Well, today I want to talk about three stories. I'm going to share about the story of Jesse's life. And then I'm going to talk about our story, my story and your story, and how hard this is to deal with. And then I'm going to share about God's story. Because today we come face to face with the reality of love, of life, of death, and God's story weaves hope and transcendence into all of our stories. But first, a word from Scripture. In Job chapter 1, verse 20, it says, At this Job got up and tore his robe, and shaved his head. And then he fell to the ground in worship and said, Naked I came from my mother's womb, and naked I will depart. The Lord gave, and the Lord has taken away. May the name of the Lord be praised. In all this, Job did not sin by charging God with wrongdoing. I just want to read verse 21 again, where it says, Naked I came from my mother's womb, and naked I will depart. The Lord gave, and the Lord has taken away. May the name of the Lord be praised. Jesse Carrillo was born on September 4th in 1992 to his parents, Greg and Cindy Carrillo. He grew up going to almost every school that his mom, Cindy, worked at, including Temecula Elementary, Nicholas Valley Elementary, and Bella Vista Middle School, to name a few. He also attended Chaparral High School and asked that mom not follow him there, too. Jesse was the youngest of five siblings, Christopher, Kelly, Cassie, Joseph, and Jesse. As a toddler, there was a concern that maybe Jesse was going to have a developmental issues because he seemed not to speak for the first couple of years, where his big brother pretty much said everything for him. Jesse would call his big brother Dot in those years. Dot, 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 where's Dot? He grew out of that quiet phase, as we all know. Quickly and never stopped talking after that. As kids, the Creole family loved to go camping. They especially loved to go out to the river and to the lakes and be on the water with family and friends. Jesse played soccer and baseball as a kid and made friends with everyone. The Creole family made many memories at the Orange County Fair in Costa Mesa. He and Joseph would always get the Australian potatoes at the fair. Wherever Jesse went, he was always making fun memories. One funny memory was as a schoolboy, Jesse was a picky eater. He would only eat the chicken sandwich 
And often, as this was a favorite of many of the school kids, they would run out before Jesse would get his sandwich. So mom, working at the school, would be sure to go and buy Jesse's sandwich before all the other kids got there to ensure he got his coveted chicken sandwich. Jesse was always a good kid. He never got into drugs or alcohol or even, even though many of his friends did. He was always there for his friends and family when they needed him for anything. Besides family and friends, he, he, he loved who, who he loved the most. A couple of the greatest passions of Jesse's life was music and hockey. Jesse loved punk rock and could be found at all the local punk rock shows with his signature mohawk. How many people got that tattoo of, of Jesse on them? We have some not yet, and I have like probably 10 or 15, what I can see from right here. I heard there was upwards of 30 and other artists already doing it as well. Amazing. Oh, I lost my place. Where was I? Hockey and music. Loving the punk rock show. Who doesn't love the punk rock show? Come on. Most times, Jesse's mohawk was so big, he would eat, he'd have to get in and out of the car with his head sideways. <laughs> and he'd have to tilt his seat all the way back, and yet his hair would still touch the roof. Everyone knew Jesse. He had a way with people and would instantly be your friend from the first moment that you met him. In fact, you would never want to send Jesse for a quick run to the grocery store for an ingredient for dinner because he would come back a few hours later and when asked, where have you been? He would tell you how he ran into John the butcher and Sally the baker and Jessica at the checkout stand and walk Christina out to her car, then proceed to tell you all about the things going on in their lives. Jesse loved to cook. He had a special relationship with his grandmother, who they called Mima. He loved to make tamales with Mima, and he really loved to make her salsa recipe. Jesse always made others' needs his priority. You would often find Jesse out with his friends, feeding the homeless in Hemet. Jesse was a counselor to many of his friends and family through challenging times in their life. Jesse even went online and got ordained to do weddings for a couple of his friends. Jesse was never satisfied with just having a birthday. <laughs> he had a birth month. We, we even thought about changing September to be Jesse-tember. Jesse would celebrate by having his local favorite punk rock bands get together for a show or, or having the Jesse Carrillo birthday pickup hockey game. Everything was larger than life with Jesse. When Jesse's dad, Greg, got sick, Jesse would make it his personal mission to bring joy to his dad. He took him everywhere. One time, Jesse had gone to Walmart with his mom and dad where they found one of those duck-toddler toys that you push around and it would quack. Jesse proceeded to push his father, Greg, in the wheelchair while Greg pushed the duck toy, chasing Cindy and embarrassing her in front of everyone at the store. Jesse made every moment a fun memory. Jesse would not let his dad just sit in the wheelchair and watch TV, no. He would say, come on. Let's go out. Let's go to the park. Let's go to Ronald Reagan Sports Park and play some hockey. Jesse loved hockey and the Anaheim Ducks. Jesse loved to go to Ducks games and take as many friends and family with him when he could. 
Jesse would be out at the roller hockey rink every day if he had time. One day, when out playing at the rink, Jesse ran into Justin from the Temecula Valley Hockey Association. Like so many, they became instant friends, and Jesse got involved in youth hockey and became an assistant coach to the Kraken his first season. The kids all loved Jesse, and Jesse loved all the kids. Jesse later became the head coach for the Sun Devils and the Ducks. He played adult hockey, too, for the Bullfrogs. His team won the very first championship. He was so proud of the cup his team won, and he took it everywhere for the week he had it. He took it to the grocery store, to the restaurant, to the mosh pit and the punk rock show, and even to church. They have now affectionately named that cup the Jesse Creo Memorial Cup. Jesse loved Jesus and his church family. I thought I'd make it. <laughs> you see, if you write everything down, you can just read it instead of having to look at you and cry. Uh, I had the honor and privilege of being Jesse's pastor for the last four years. Jesse served at our church on a regular basis. His favorite place to serve is in the children's church alongside Pastor Keith with the preschoolers who all called him their their little buddy, Jesse. <laughs> Jesse loved all those kids so well. He would come home telling all the funny stories of the kids at church. Jesse was a big part of his church family. He attended Sunday services regularly as well as Fight Club Men's Group on Thursdays. Jesse would always stay after church to share a few moments with me and talk about hockey. Jesse encouraged his whole family and all of his friends to have a personal relationship with God. That's just a glimpse of Jesse's story. Now I want to talk about our story, your story and my story, and how hard this is to deal with, how painful it is, how it's mixed with emotion. Our story is that we're all connected to Jesse. You're his punk rock family. You're his hockey family, his church family, his friend, his mother, his brother, his sister, or his family member. And for most of us, this moment in our story is filled with emotion and pain. This is the page in all our story that is about the fact that this moment hurts. It should hurt, because losing Jesse is something worth hurting over because he is someone worth loving. So in our story, we need to deal with the reality that this hurts, it's sad, and it feels dark. In Ecclesiastes 3.2, it says there's a time to be born and a time to die. The Bible makes it so clear that our expectation should include this reality, that we do not control life and death. That's not in our power. And so in a time like this, there are all these different kinds of feelings and emotions that are a part of our story. Shock, grief, sadness, anger, guilt. But I know that for some of us, there is also a feeling of peace, even with the sadness. That is because we realize that when death comes, yes, we don't have control over it, but we do have victory over it in the end. 
Revelation 14, 13 says, Then I heard a voice from heaven say, Write this, Blessed are the dead who die in the Lord from now on. Yes, says the Spirit, they will rest from their labor, for their deeds will follow them. And I believe Jesse is resting from his labor here. And he is blessed because he died in the Lord. I've shared some of Jesse's story. I've touched on our story. And so now I want to talk a moment about God's story. God's story is one of extreme love for us. He loved us so much that he sent his one and only son to save us. The angel at Christmas told Joseph, give him the name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. This is what God has in mind for all of us when we turn to Jesus. This is God's story, that we all could be saved from our sins. Through Jesus, we can be saved from the penalty of sin, saved from the power of sin, and saved from the presence of sin. When anyone turns to Jesus in simple faith, you are saved from the penalty of sin. The penalty of sin is death apart from God, and the place of penalty is hell. But Jesus paid the price of the cross so we could be saved from the penalty of sin. And through Jesus, we get to experience being saved from the power of sin. Sin has this power to destroy our lives. But when you turn to Jesus, you receive his Holy Spirit so that you have a new way to fight the power of sin. And so much of the Christian life is learning how to exercise that power more and more to resist sin and grow in grace. That is a journey, growing and learning more and more to experience the salvation from the power of sin. But the final aspect of salvation is the salvation from the presence of sin, and that doesn't happen until we leave this world of sin and go to our heavenly home. And that is exactly what Jesse is now experiencing. The joy and beauty of finally being saved from the presence of sin. In this world of sin, we groan and have this longing inside us to be free from this place that has ravaged the effects of sin. That's what the Bible describes in 1 Corinthians 5, 1-4. through 4. It says, for, for we know that if this earthly tent we live in is destroyed, we have a building from God, an eternal house in heaven, not built by human hands. Meanwhile, we groan, longing to be clothed instead with our heavenly dwelling. Because when we are clothed, we will not be found naked. For while we are in this tent, we groan in our burdens because we do not wish to be unclothed, but to be clothed instead with our heavenly dwelling, so that what is mortal may be swallowed up by life. The Bible refers to this earthly body we live in as a tent. And as useful as it is, it is temporary. Our spirit has a long-term residence in a heavenly body that isn't like our tent of our earthly body. Our bodies are like tents. They wear out. They sag. They expand. They wrinkle. The joints get creaky, the arteries harden, gravity pulls everything downward. The heart slows down and the eyes grow dim. The teeth fall out and the back is stooped and arms grow weary. Our bones break, our muscles weaken, the body bulges in all the wrong places. We brag about our strength, but a tiny microbe can kill us. Sooner or later we grow old and our bodies begin to break down. 1 Corinthians 5 Verse 5, it says, Now the one who has fashioned us for this very purpose is God, who has given us the Spirit as a deposit, guaranteeing what is to come. Therefore, 
We are always confident and know that as long as we are at home in the body, we are away from the Lord. Verse 7, for we live by faith, not by sight. We are confident, I say, and would prefer to be away from the body and at home with the Lord. So we make it our goal to please him, whether we are at home in the body or away from it. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ so that each of us may receive what is due us for the things done while in the body whether good or bad. As Christians, we don't believe that death is the end. Jesse was a Christian, a man with faith in Jesus Christ. And as Christians, we don't believe death is the end. When it comes to death, we don't believe in death as a termination, an annihilation, evaporation, or reincarnation. We don't believe in any of those things. We believe death is a continuation and a relocation. It is a continuation. Jesse's spirit is alive and well and in the presence of God. It is a relocation. Jesse has relocated. His address has changed from California, USA to heaven, kingdom of God. I had the privilege of getting to look at Jesse's Bible. Thank you, Joseph, for letting me do that. The very first page I opened up to as I started to look at some of the highlights that he put in his Bible. You can, you can learn a lot about somebody by looking at the highlights of their Bible. For the people who go to my church, if you look at mine, there's none. There's no highlights. But for Jesse, the one that stuck out, this first one that I read, is in James chapter 1, verse 27. It says, Religion that God our Father accepts as pure and faultless is this, to look after orphans and widows, in their distress, and to keep oneself from being polluted by the world. If I could give a description of who Jesse is, that is him right there. No, no form of religion. He, he was not there to just go to church and be religious and do those things. His form of religion was to love everyone and keep himself from being polluted by the world. All of us know he was, he was in the world. He was around all of us, wasn't he? He was in our lives. And while we might be polluted by the world, somehow Jesse just wasn't. Jesse was Jesse. Jesse, there was a power in Jesse I've talked about in the last three weeks as I've preached. I've shared different stories and different things because Jesse was an example that I hope I can live up to. As a pastor of a church, he inspired me because I watched as he walked into every one of your lives, walked into your world, just being himself, not trying to be anything else. He walked into your world and he loved you with everything he had in every moment of every day. That was my Jesse. That was your Jesse. That was our friend, our brother. Amen. And at this moment, I'd like to invite some of those that have been chosen by the family to come up and do tributes. And Daniel, want to come up here and start us off? Next up will be CJ, if you want to be ready. He's, Daniel's going to get us uh, some friends on the phone also after himself. But CJ, if you want to get ready for next. For uh, today, um, 
everyone. Um, some of you may know me. I'm uh, Daniel Yader, one of Jesse's close friends. I'm retarded in it. <laughs> I'm not necessarily good at these kind of speeches. Um, it was always Jesse that did 90% of the talking anywhere we went. Um, I'm sure if I get a little emotional, Jesse would have made a quick-witted comment saying that I was being a little too emotional, but in his own little way. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, sorry. I'm going to be a mic stand. <laughs> a mic stand. You're welcome. Um, on that note, uh, this month has been a whirlwind, uh, to say the least. Um, on, on one hand, I feel an immeasurable amount of pain in a void that feels like it will last me a lifetime. And Jesse was more like family than a friend of me. Um, we've just gone through that much. And for that, thank you, Jesse. 